Welcome to Get in the Herd, a podcast about addiction and recovery brought to you by the McShin Foundation. If you or a loved one are looking for real discussions about addiction, recovery, stigma, advocacy, and most importantly, hope, then stick around. Thanks for joining us. Now sit back and get ready for another great episode of Get in the Herd. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Get in the Herd. Uh, I'm Alex Bond. I am a peer leader, recovery coach, recovery coach trainer, house leader, and podcast host here at the McShin Foundation. This is a recovery podcast brought to you by the McShin Foundation. Um, even more importantly, I am a person in recovery from substance use disorder. What that means is I have not found the need to put any mood or mind-altering substances in my body for the last, I don't know, 11 months, 11 and a half months, something what? like that, aside from cigarettes and energy drinks. Um, <laughs> Cheers to that. <laughs> so I'm here with my good friend, Nathan. Nathan, it's good to have you back, my friend. How are have you been? What? Well, listen, before we get started on me, I'm looking at you right now, Alex, and it, it looks like you lost some weight. Did you Did you just recently get disemboweled at the IRS? Oh, man. <laughs> it was not pretty. Um, you know, no one likes going to the IRS in the middle of the day and then having to go back to work, but you got to do what you got to do if you want a stimulus check. <laughs> um, well, hey, it is good to be back, and I'll tell you... Um, What's funny, you know, getting back, uh, the house leaders, you know, at McShin, we have 11 houses. And of the 11 houses, I think um, eight or nine of them still have the same house leaders, or at least people who were almost, you know, peer leaders at the time who were almost house leaders. And everybody who is a house leader is somebody I know, which is fantastic, mm-hmm. because that means that people are staying in place, people are doing the right thing for the right reason, and continue to grow in their recovery. And, and as they're being held accountable, they're starting to um, um, hold others accountable, which is, of course, the crux of the authentic peer-to-peer recovery model that works so well. So, yeah, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad we're here. It's cold in here, by the way. I'm kind of... It's a little nippy. A little like nippy. It. A little nippy. Um, of course, this, this monster Get here. the Jesus flowing. <laughs> But um, it's great to be back. It's great to see everybody. And uh, I got to tell you, um, you know, Alex, of course, you were one of the one of the people I talked to most uh, along this trip. So, you know, I'm I'm, I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that uh, even though you could not be there on the trip with me, I'm grateful that you were there, at least in spirit with me um, and somebody I could call on. So a couple a couple of key facts from the trip here. What trip? What trip? Oh yeah, good point. Yeah, we're here. To, we're here to talk about the Addiction Across America 2020 project, um, which will have some. Hey, hey, Robin. Yeah, this is the shirt. <laughs> My sister bought me this shirt. Um, it's, she's got good taste. You it's see Texas. The, it's Texas. Yeah. Um, in fact, I was kicking myself this morning. I'm sorry, I'm digressing here, but uh, Robin, I'm kicking myself because this morning I almost wore that other T-shirt you got me. It says, uh, it, "My sister lives in Denton, Texas," mm-hmm. and it says. Oh, no, you Denton. <laughs> You'll see it. I'm a big I'll, I'll pun pro- fan. I'll probably wear it Monday. Big pun fan. Um, but uh, to, to give you a couple of ideas of what, what, what went on here with this Addiction Across America trip, um, I went through 25 different states. Now, granted, I was in Montana for all of about 15 minutes, but I'll still count that. <laughs> yeah, now what um, you doing, Montana? Because there's like eight people there. No, there's a ton to do in Montana. It's a beautiful place. I just didn't have the time to get in there. Um, I was on my way to Yellowstone Park. 
Yellowstone National Park. I hit three national parks. I think I hit three national parks. Um, uh, I went to the Redwood Forest. I went to Yellowstone National Park. And I went to this place called um, Craters of the Moon outside of, uh, well, not outside of Boise, but on the other side of Idaho from Boise, um, towards the east, co uh, east of uh, Idaho. That place was amazing. It was one of those places I saw before I left. I saw it on some documentary somewhere, and I said, I want to go there. And guess what I got to do? I got to go there, <laughs> which was really cool. Really, really, really cool. Um, Going from just seeing it to actually like experiencing yeah, it. Well, and to, to be able to say, you know what? I want to do that. And then to actually do that. Mm -hmm. That's the cool thing. Like that's what recovery gives me today. It gives me options. You know, I don't, I don't just sit and, hey, Chris, um, I don't just... Oh, from Idaho. <laughs> Woo! Um, I don't just sit around thinking, you know, uh, you know, oh, I want to do that, and then getting high. Like I actually say, you know, I want to do that, and then I make, you know, steps to do that. Um, now, of course, that doesn't mean everything in recovery is hunky dory and freaking uh, uh, rainbows coming out of my butt. No, but I follow through on what yeah. I say more often. Right, right. It's like today, like one of the things about recovery is that like I make commitments. And I keep them. Mm -hmm. That's the insane thing. Um, you know, in recovery, you know, I get those options today. And, and, and as much as I'm sitting here saying, you know, okay, I did 25 states. I went to three national parks. I drove 10,393.2 miles. Right? I stopped. Uh, I only, I did only get oil once. I should have gotten a change another time. But, but I, I got my oil changed in the middle of the trip because I needed to get that done. Like, um, you know, the tire pressures got screwed up. So I got, you know what I did? I stopped and I put, switched out the tires because that's what you do. You know, you don't just wait for things to fall apart. Um, I feel like that's a good metaphor in its, of itself right there. <laughs> Woo! And... <laughs> You know, um, when you're driving alone for seven weeks, 50, 52 days, uh, when you're driving alone, you you, um, you get really in tune with, uh, or I got really in tune with my, some of my um, less prominent, or at least less prominent to me, character defects, and that, that, that was fun. <laughs> I got to say, that was a lot of fun. Um, Dealing with some of the stuff that you don't know <laughs> is your defects. Yeah, well, there you know there are things that like that don't bother me as much about myself when I'm around other people, or maybe just don't come up as much. Um, mm -hmm. But will definitely come up when I'm alone. Um, self doubt, you know, things like okay. things like just the feelings of worthlessness, things that that really were more prevalent when I was in active use. Um, you know, I, I I recognize that recovery for me is about com uh, um, commitment, not commitments. Um, Connections, right? Recovery for me is about connections and making connections with people, meaningful, real connections, mm -hmm. not just, you know, hey, you know, where are you right now? Oh, I'm at the light. I'll be there in 20 minutes um, kind of connections, but like real meaningful connections. And so, you know, putting myself in a situation where I was necessarily without physical connections a lot of the time you know i and and there were some places where i didn't have a, a phone signal so i you know i didn't have a data signal so i i had to um and there were even some places i didn't have a data signal or any radio some of those mountains man are crazy that's um, bizarre that would that would throw me off a little it, bit it, it feels apocalyptic <laughs> well there was a lot there were a lot yeah there were a lot of places that felt apocalyptic um there was uh, some dystopian feelings throughout the trip um as far as the landscape goes but and every time and i know i'm digressing and tangents are everywhere here but every time i thought i was in a um uh, I, I thought i was in a place that had uh what's the word i'm looking for um 
Every, every time I thought I was in total desolation, I was surprised at how further the desolation could become. Mm. And I got to tell you, Eastern Washington State is some of the most desolate place on the planet. And and for that matter, Eastern I, uh, Ohio, Idaho, excuse me, Eastern Idaho, uh, Craters of the Moon Park, uh, that is some of the most desolate landscape I have ever I've ever witnessed, not I have ever, it's I have ever witnessed. It's just absolutely the most desolate place. And 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 completely even in that desolation, even in the like nothingness, there was um I don't know, I just I, I felt I didn't feel despair. Um or when I did feel despair, that would be a lie to say that I didn't feel despair, but it would be it would be more accurate to say that when I did feel despair, like I got out of it quickly. Like I wasn't able to I didn't I didn't dwell. You know? Yeah, you know, because I would imagine that you know there is the um, I don't know duality of the isolation and the despair, but on the other end of the spectrum, maybe like some meditative serenity, yeah. and a lot of like mindfulness going on, like to kind of bring you out of that. Because I think with you know a lot of recovery time and being as plugged in as you are, you um, those things kind of pull you out. Like you already have a natural state of good than bad. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, and 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 so you know, I didn't. I'm, I'm I, I neglected to introduce myself at the beginning of the broadcast, and so um, for those of you who don't know, I'm sorry. Uh, my name is Nathan uh, Nathan Mitchell. I'm a person in sustained recovery, um, and for me, that means that I have been without any mind or mood altering substances since February 18th, 2018. That's a little little over two and a half years, and that's um. That, that really is a drop in the bucket when compared to my using. So there's some recovery in there, and I have a really, really strong network of people who have caught me, you know, in, in the past, you know, when I've fallen, but we're about to fall. Um, but it's still me, you know, and at the end of the day, it's like, you know, I'm still the guy with wild extremes of emotions sometimes who has learned to level things out without the use of drugs and alcohol. Um, but with a lot of people around me. So, so to be in those situations and, you know, I got to tell you, you, you hit it right on the, on the head with the meditation part. Um, it turns out after driving for 52 days um, around the country, I don't really like driving. <laughs> you were amped too because you, you were like, I like driving. I got this new car. I, I've got it fixed and worked on and I'm so excited to do this. And uh, well, this and, you, and, and it took you driving to exhaustion to realize this. Well, it, it, you know, I'm a guy of extremes, right? <laughs> um, but it turns out, no, it's not that I don't like driving. There's a, there's, there's a, another level to that. Um, but that's, I'll explore that with my psychotherapist, but it could be driving with purpose, driving, like, like yeah. driving someone to a meeting has a lot of like undertone purpose to it. Yeah, that's and true. at times you may have just been driving to the next location. Well, some of that. Yeah. And, and, and some of that. Yeah. And, and some of it was, man, I'm driving through like, you know, driving up the um, driving at the Pacific Coast Highway in central and northern California is, is some of the most beautiful driving I did on this trip. It's also very, very dangerous, <laughs> or at least in my mind is very, very dangerous. You're going up some steep hills, very narrow you know, paths with, with rock cliffs on your right and sheer drops down to the Pacific Ocean on your left with two lanes. 
<clears throat> I've me. seen movies. Yeah, right. And and it's so beautiful, but it's also like uh, it's the siren song. You know, you know the story of the sirens. You know, sitting there calling. You know, and then of luring course you yeah, into water. And and so you know, I'll be sitting there and be like, wow, the sun and the clouds. I'm like, oh shoot, I'm on the you know, I'm, I'm on the wrong. Um, and then of course I see these big giant trucks, and I'm thinking I'm just driving this little tiny you know Volkswagen. Well, it's not tiny, but this little Volkswagen, you know, and um, so I felt like a, a whip sometimes. But what I did in those situations, because the driving, and especially at night, I, you know, I don't like driving at night. Period. And the, but sometimes I had to. Um, but driving, you know, I, I I really got into some breath work. You know, really focusing on where am I? Where is my breath? What am I doing right this second? And and mantras. You know, I am safe. I am healthy. I have everything I need. And and that really really helped me. I I knew that I would explore meditation as I went through this trip more. You know, deeper into it. Um, but what it did. As far as, you know, giving me that, you know, get through those points of just, oh my gosh, because it's not just a matter of, oh, I'm scared, I'm going to go off the cliff. It's a, what am I doing with my life? You know, my mind is a mind of extremes. Why am I here? Yeah, why am I here? What's my purpose? Oh my God, I'm wasting all this money. I just blah, 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 blah. I'm a point piece of shit. Pardon my language again. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. But, you know, it's it's very easy for me to, 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 to go off on that. Oh, wow, there is nothing here for me and I'm a worthless person blah, 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 human, and oh, by the way, let's just go right off the cliff, you know, it's, I'm not going to go too deep into that, but, you know, there were some moments of that, you know, going through this, this whole trip, and, and, and I, I know that, I knew there would be, you know, I've, I've, I've done enough, I know a little bit about my mind, I know how that works, and I've also done a lot of reading and talking to other people who've gone through experiences like this, so it's more of a, and, 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 did you read some Kerouac to, <laughs> to prep? <laughs> I, you know, I haven't read Kerouac since uh, for years, and I, I. But I did think about Kerouac a lot on this trip, actually. Um, and you know that when he wrote that, he was he was he was uh, you know high as heck. On, mm -hmm. you know, he was, yeah. So I, I think I may have I think I may have steered away from reading it simply because of that. I, I didn't want to have that drug and alcohol. The connotations attached yeah. to it. You know, it's I, that that because I wanted to actually. That was funny you mentioned that. I did want to read that before I left, and I never got around to it. And you know, as I thought about it on the trip, I'm like, you know, there's so much of those stories like that, you know, where, where the whole idea is party, party, party all the way across the country and yada, yada. I'm like, that wasn't... The electric Kool-Aid, acid test, yeah. Keezy, all those guys, and yeah. The, and the reality is, is that, you know what, I did party across the country. I partied all around the country. Yeah. And you know what, I did that without drugs and alcohol. I had a blast, you know, and my sister's there. I got to see my sister. I got to meet my niece. I got to see my nephews. You know, I got to see my brother-in-law. I love my brother-in-law is a good dude and, and you can tell Adam I said that um you know, I got to see my family. You know, everywhere I got to stop, I got to stop and see um, my Aunt Grace, uh, my, my grandmother's sister. I got to see my grandmother on her birthday. Um, I got to see my aunt in Jersey and my aunt in Virginia Beach. I got to see my, my uncle in Jersey. I got to see my cousins in uh, 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 Idaho, uh, which was really cool. And, you know, nowhere along the way did I, did I hide who I am. Mm -hmm. You know, and what I mean by that is a person in recovery, and in nowhere, nowhere along the way did I have to feel, um, you know, less than. You know, there, there. The only person who made me feel less than is me. Was the you. only person who continues to ever do that is me. Um, I don't allow other people to, to people to let to make. 
I don't allow I don't allow myself to feel less than because of what you think of me. Um, it's my head, you know, that I worry about. And, and I think like the more that I checked in with you, the more and, and now I can actually articulate it. It's kind of like an experiment in um, context, identity, and willingness. Mm, yeah, it, it, it's kind of like your own personal experiment where you can kind of compare not only yourself throughout this journey to prior than and post, but also compare yourself along this journey in, in and of itself. Yeah, because um, I don't know about you, but like I have a bad time of comparing myself to other people. Yeah. But the only way that I can compare myself is to other versions of myself. Yeah. No, that's and that's I love what you just said right there because I I have a prob I have a problem with comparing myself to other people and um I'm happier when I don't do that. Mm -hmm. And I'm because I I can see myself progressing. I can see uh myself going forward in there and you know, I this this trip, this seven weeks, this forty-two days, uh, not forty-two, this fifty whatever it was days. This will always be, I imagine, a, a you know a, a pivotal moment in my recovery for me. You know, it's it. It was something I've always wanted to do. You know, not just because I got clean. It was just something I've always wanted to do, and I had the opportunity and I took it. And you know, did I go over budget? Yeah. You know, did I spend money I could have saved to, to go towards, you know, moving out and getting an apartment? Yeah. Am I living back in recovery residence again? Yeah. Is your connection with your higher power stronger? Oh, heck yeah. So that's kind of the trade-off I hear. Well, yeah. And so, no, but that's, and that's where I'm going with that, right? It's like, you know, I, 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 I put together some goals, you know, and they got adjusted as, as necessary as we went through. And then some things I'm just like, that's not important. Mm -hmm. You know, that's just not like my budget. I'm like, hey, I got the money. Let's do it. You know, I don't worry about, I don't worry about eating, <laughs> you know, and I've got a place as long as I stay clean and sober, I've got a place to live. Mm -hmm. You know, I've got trust with my family. You know, I got to stay at my mom's house overnight before I left on this trip, which was cool, you know, and see and hug her. Um, you know, as long as I stay clean and sober, um, you know, I, I'm okay, you know, and, and the other character defects, they are presenting themselves. It's kind of like a whack-a-mole thing, you know, sometimes mm -hmm. I'm banging on one and something but you know I, I deal with them as they come up and, and or, or I don't deal with them as they come up and they cause me more pain but I don't use on them mm -hmm. you know, I don't use on them and then when those feelings of self-doubt those feelings of negativity that that kind of stuff comes up and it does come up it's 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 I have a mind that wants me to tell me that I'm a horrible person and that, that you know I don't deserve what I have um, and I'm not better I, well and I and, and maybe you can relate because I think you said the same thing. It's like I have this this or you said it differently, but you know I have a mind that will simultaneously simultaneously tell me that I am better than you and worse. Than oh yeah, you. I'm all about that. Messed up, you know. I don't think that's necessarily an addict thing. I think that's a pretty. Con I think that. Well, I don't know. I, I can't speak for other people. I try to do that, but what I think she, it's exponential to, to addicts. Yeah, yeah. I think that certainly helps characterizes our disease mm -hmm. our dis-ease so so uh, I, I don't know how to word this as a question but i've been i've been thinking and talking recently with with people about okay so this is this is a disease that um helps bring out our character defects as we've been talking and um i know a lot of people 
who lean on their disease as a cop out for their bad decisions that they make. <laughs> um, well, what it, what it, like so? I don't know. As an example, I can be very snippy and impatient <laughs> with people and and blame my disease for that, or I can make the conscious decision to not be that and and own up my end of the bargain and say, you know, sure, that could be part of my character defect is being impatient and having high expectations of people. So when they don't do what I'm trying to get people to do, that's also a control issue. How much of it is do I own up to and how much is my disease? Um, did you have some of, some of these experiences throughout, throughout the journey? Because it sounds like it. Um, and, and I conscientiously am like, own my stuff more often than, than I want to, <laughs> at least than I'm comfortable doing. But I have to make conscious decisions to say, okay, that's me being a jerk. That's, that's me being impatient, not my disease. Even though I have a disease that might you know, stoke the fire, it's on me mm. to let it control me and cause me to react instead of conscientiously respond and stuff like that. Yeah. Did you have any of those sort of experiences um, throughout <laughs> your journey? Well, Alex, I think it's like, it's like when, when making the decision to turn my will and my life over, you know, um, it's 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 not just about the drugs and the alcohol, right? Mm -hmm. You know, they say when the pain gets great enough, I'll stop. And I think that's the same thing for me as far as, as, as other as character defects. You know, and one of my character defects too is to blame other people or in this instance, something else, my disease, because my disease is not me, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't want to. I don't want to own the fact that you know, I I like to speed. You know, I have a lead foot, and I can find plenty of people. You know, I'll give you. You know, already know this this story, but you know, I can find plenty of people who will co-sign my BS, and 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 allow me to to get away with you know, that you know speeding. But the reality is, is, you know, I did something, I do something illegal, I get caught, I get in trouble. I mean, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. We have, we have safety. It, well, there's, some, there's nothing wrong with the police doing that. And, and in fact, you know, um, as you know, you know, I drove 10,393.2 miles. And in the last two hours of the trip, I got pulled over for speeding. Welcome to Virginia. Here's your speeding ticket. Uh, it's so and it, perfect. I know. And it wasn't even just a speeding ticket. It was a reckless driving because I was going 88 in a, I don't know what it was but it was three miles over the reckless limit and when I got pulled over I was you know in my head but of course of course I, this would happen in my state I know well that's yeah like oh, I'm, two miles, I'm two hours away I have to pee because I always have to pee um, you know I really just want to be wherever I'm going to be tonight I don't think I had a place to stay set up yet and I was just ready to be back you know and I think I had something else to do. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But, you know, I got pulled over and, and you know, there were a couple things about that. I was like, first of all, I got pulled over uh, doing 88 miles per hour. So, of course, I had to make plenty of jokes about, you know, time travel. <laughs> but um, more importantly, like, you know, like I texted a couple people what was going on right afterwards. And, you know, some people were like, that dick, you know, talk about the cop. And I'm like, no, you know, the cop was doing his job. And I... You know, I commend him because, frankly, I, you know, I, there's a, there was a tiny little part of me that thought I was going to get pulled out of the car and searched. You know, I didn't really think, you know, I joked about, I joked about finding out that, of course, I don't have any warrants for my arrest. But, I mean, I was pretty confident that all my legal stuff is taken care of. 
still, <laughs> but I did kind of expect that I'd be pulled out of the car, you know, looking at my record, pulled out of the car, have the car searched, which would have been fine. It's just, you know, it takes time and I'm on the side of the road and blah, blah, blah. And, and you're ready to get home. I'm just and ready to get that home. That sense of worthlessness pee. and yeah. lack of confidence comes in and it's like, are you sure there aren't any points? <laughs> like, that's how my brain works too. Right, right. Well, and, and, and I'm thinking, uh, you know, this is a used car. It was pretty dirty when I got it. You know, we did clean it, but, you know. They might be, find something in there. In there. I didn't clean it <laughs> enough. Yeah. You know, maybe, the, maybe the guy who owned it before me was shipping cocaine back and forth on 95, and I don't know about this. And I'm like, ah. Um, you know, is, is the ticking in the air conditioner because of me, or is it because of the, co you know, whatever. And, yeah, that was going through my head. But, I mean, I, I, I answered the, you know, the cop pulled me over. I put the, the, the flash, flashing lights on. We pulled over the side, you know, and I put my hands on the top of the, you know, I did what I was supposed to do, you know, except for the speeding part, but I got, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I got my ticket and, and that was it. And, 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 you know, he, he didn't, he didn't search the car. You know, I do have a sticker on my car. Johnny, um, dots. That's dot, all dot, you got to say, Johnny, Johnny, by the way, I have to tell you, I voted for you last night. I did vote for you. <laughs> I'm sorry you lost. Uh, that's another story, but, but um, yeah. So so I I will I will blame the disease. I will blame character defects on the disease and not own that. You know, speeding is one of those things. Um, not getting to work on time. You know, that's another thing too. I, I'm not good about getting here by 8:30. I'm usually a roll in about five after nine kind of a guy. Um, uh, you know, and I'll rationalize that with, oh, well, I'll stay till 5.30 or 6 every day, you know, but then, of course, I take an hour of lunch. <laughs> I was I was um, reading, uh, uh, George Carlin said that everyone on the road is either an idiot or a maniac. Anyone going slower than you is an idiot. Anyone going faster <laughs> than you is a maniac. Yeah, 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 I get that. Well, and, and here's another thing. I'm like, I'm glad he only clocked me at 88 miles per hour because I knew, mm -hmm. you know, anybody who's driven out west, you get those really long and flat <laughs> straight roads mm -hmm. Woo, you look at now and I'm like oh I'm going 95 and I don't, you don't even realize it well now one of my character defects that I realized working with a, a sponsor is um, I have unrealistic expectations as I've mentioned we've, we've mm -hmm. talked about it before um, of yourself or other people both mm. so um, a lot of the times I don't expect a lot out of myself so that way, when I achieve my things, they give me this overwhelming sense of confidence. Like, if I set the bar right here, and then I end up up here, it's because I'm the greatest human ever. Like, that, that, that sort of thing. Yeah. And then, um, but, um, geez, when I, uh, when I give other people stuff to do, or, or, or I'm working with other people, or um, in a house leader role, I expect everyone else to be up here so they like never hit my expectations. Of when course, I was like yeah. working, when I was bartending, no one worked harder than me. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's true or not. <laughs> it most likely isn't, no. <laughs> but no one worked harder than me because my expectations of people were too high while my expectations myself are, are too low. So now that you've done the entire journey, was it what you expected and does it matter? Oh, that's a really good question. Well, the second half is a really good question. The first part, I mean, I, the first part is what I'm tackling, you know, I'm, 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 I'm tackling in my brain now because uh, 42 to 38, yeah, he's, he's talking about the, the, the vote last night. Um, I, I'm human, um, so of course I did create expectations for the trip. Um, I, I, I tried my darndest not to. 
Um, I was blown away by the support I got from family and family and my friends, you know, people I've known in my life a long time. You know, when we talk about recovery capital, right? We talk, you know, you, you train coaches, you train coaches uh, in recovery coach training. And one of the big things we talk about, it's, it's, it's identifying recovery capital. And, you know, I have a really, really, you know, you see my sister up here all the time watching this with me. You know, I have a really beautiful family. Mm-hmm. I do. And we have our flaws and blah, 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 blah. And I lost connection with that. I lost that in my addiction. And so being able to put that back in place, and I I didn't have expectations for that. Like, I, I purposely tiptoed around that in my brain. I mean, subconsciously, I did, of course, have expectations, but I purposely went, it's going to be what it's going to be, you know? And then, and, um, and I guess, if anything, I was, you know, it... it, it because I tried my darndest not to put expectations. I mean, anything that happened that was positive, of course, was amazing, and it it, it far exceeded the subconscious expectations I had. That that's the biggest part. And you know, some of the other things, like I, I I'm I'm a very impatient person, mm-hmm. you know, and and <laughs> so you know, one of the and I'm also I'm a person who will get stuck in my head about something. You know, I got to San Diego and I could not get out of my head um, for three days. I, I had planned for three days. And I just, I got stuck in my head. I did, I had some work stuff I had to do. Um, and I did that. And I, I did some Zoom meetings um, with, uh, with Chris Spalina and uh, Campbell Lillard, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the, from the uh, Phoenix. The, oh, I'm not, I was wearing that shirt yesterday. From the Phoenix, I did some of their groups with them. And, and then I just stayed in my room for three days. Like, I literally did not leave. You know, I just got food from the vending and the, you know, and it was it was a really, it was a nice, cute little hotel. I mean, it was, and it's in San Diego, so even though, you know, we're at the beach, it was actually kind of chilly, and the evenings were cold, um, which was lovely. Um, I just, I didn't do anything. The very first night. Was that night, just the exhaustion and the I need some me time correlating with San Diego? Or, or was it just like, that's just where you ended up? Or like, it's what spawned that? It, that's a good point. I, it's, it's. It's because everyone needs me time, and you're working and doing a lot, so yeah. it's kind of like to be expected eventually. Uh, you know, I think one of my character defects is that I will blame stuff like that on a, on a me time instead of actually diving deeper into what's actually going on. And I think I just got I froze, and this is this has been a this is this is I mean I can identify this as a pattern in my life where I will freeze and not do something because I'm terrified of the next step and I, I know like what am I terrified for I'm going to keep driving but I think I, I don't really necessarily know this is where I didn't do the, I'm not doing the work here this is what I need to do is, and I still need to do some work on this but it's like why did I get tripped up in San Diego what happened in San Diego and and part of it like I'm, I'm exploring this for me because I had just come out of western Texas and I booked through to San Diego I didn't really stop in New Mexico and in Arizona and, and in West Texas I was alone like in, mm-hmm. in, a, in, a, in a good way like I actually I think I, I put West you said Texas, Texas was your, your yeah, favorite part of the trip well, Texas was my favorite part of the trip and West Texas especially I mean seeing my sister and my aunt was really cool in Houston and, and uh, um, Joseph's um, um, Joseph Fogan Sanchez um, Joseph I know you're not watching right now but man he made me homemade enchiladas that were oh so amazing God. homemade salsa and the tortilla um, but in Western Texas man I, I had this just artsy community um i felt 
I just I felt like I belonged there. Yeah. And when I got to California, I didn't feel like I belonged there. I was and and I I I wasn't in the heart of San Diego. I was up north in one of the little beach towns above. Cute town. I mean, really cute town. And I walked around that first night, and it was just there were so many people, and they all looked. They all looked put together, and I didn't feel put together. Wow. And I was comparing myself to them, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I don't have any money. My car is 13 years old. You know, I'm taking this trip, and I'm 44, and nobody loves me. I'm never going to be loved. I'm not lo-. And that's, I did that for a few yeah. days. And I, I ended up, like, in that situation, I, I was like... I need to go to the beach. Like I, I made it a point to go to the beach, and and I didn't couldn't do it for three days. So I'm like, I gotta stay another night. I gotta go to the beach, you know. And so what do I do? That I stay and I uh, and I didn't want to go to the beach over the weekend. I was I got there on Thursday night, so Friday. You didn't want to deal with other people on yeah, the weekend. I didn't want to deal with other people on the weekend. So on Monday, Monday came, and I'm like, I am going to the beach, and I had extended another night. And of course, what do I do? But you know where I went. I told you. <laughs> I, well, this is probably more information than your listeners need to hear. But um, there's one nude beach in California, in San yeah. Diego, and I'm like, you know what? I want to go there. You know, and so I went. You know, nothing like you know taking it all off to really just explore. You know, vulnerability and part well, of that's a cathartic yeah. exercise to find your people. Yeah, I think because you went in, you didn't see your people, so you kind of went out of your way to try to find your people. Right? Well, when when you say your people. Because you said when you got to San Diego, all right, so when you were in Texas, you felt like you belonged. You right. found your people. Right. You right. found your herd okay. easily. Yeah. So when you get to San Diego, you don't know where your people are. They're there, but you don't know where they are. So you go to the nude beach to try to find your people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I, I'm, again, I'm no therapist. <laughs> I'm just kind of like talking out loud. That's, that's what seems to make sense to me. Like if I were to try to find my people, I would go to like a concert yeah. or something like that. Well, I would too. Actually, a yeah. concert for me too. Music is a huge part But it's part not of like those are open right now. <laughs> yeah. And and I don't know that I found my people at yeah. the, at the new that's, beach. That's, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's, it's an exercise too. Like you got out of your comfort zone. I think I got some instant gratification out of there because, you know, look sure. at some beautiful bodies. Um but I, I, I did a lot of the comparing myself. I'm like, oh, look at me. I'm all pudgy and 44. And, um, but, but, but at I, least I don't look like that guy. I, well, there was, <laughs> there was definitely some of that. Oh, my God, look at him out there. And there were, some, I mean, there were some old people there that were, like, really built. And I'm like, Jesus, freaking criminy. Get me out of here. Um, and I got sunburned all over. So I got the lesson from that. And then I ended up staying another two days. And, you know, I went to the beach. I went to the pool. And, and um, I ended up getting a COVID test while I was there. <laughs> and again, there's a funny story about that. Um, a whim or was like... Well, no, it wasn't a whim because I, I was I'm bored. I'm going to go get tested. I, I was... I, I, when I saw my grandmother... <clears throat> excuse me. In Virginia Beach, um, I felt really guilty afterwards when I hugged her. Oh, uh, okay. And even though, you know, I, I didn't exhibit any signs and, you know, she was, you know, fine with me hugging her. I just felt guilty, and I, and and it started to get into my head. It was like, okay, it's not just my grandmother who was a willing participant. It's like all the other people she lives with, and I'm like, oh. So and and you know what we do, you know what we do around here. It's like there are people here all the time. It's not like I've been quarantined or isolated, you know, from people. So you know, I went and got tested, and, and I go to the, I go to the CVS, and I've got uh, I, I go through the drive-through. They hand me the kit, and they have me do it to myself. 
that's so that weird. big giant pipe cleaner, I had to shove up my nose all by myself, and I'm like, and she's like, no, you got to get it in there further. I'm like, I don't think I can do that. And I like pulled parts of my brain out. I'm like, I'm tearing up. It was not fun, um, not fun at all. But I did it, and I was fine, and yada yada. Um, of course, I got my results like five days later, but. Um, when I finally left San Diego, um, I had, uh, you know, I was already, I was, so at that point, I was nervous that I wasn't going to make it to Las Vegas in time, which is kind of silly because I actually had plenty of extra days, but whatever. Um, I cut out stopping in LA and San Francisco, um, which was a good thing because I had I, this, no desire really to go to LA without um, making it its own destination. Like, like I do want to go to LA at some point, but it didn't feel like a pit stop. No, I, like I know I can't do this any justice. I'm gonna just drive through really quick. And the same thing with San Francisco. Like I did the Golden Gate Bridge, went over that, um, but it's like I had already done like big giant part of uh, uh, the Pacific Coast Highway, you know, Route One. Um, and funny about that, like I'm I'm about an hour or so south of San Francisco and um, a friend of mine from D.C. Um, who I thought was living in Chicago turns out he's living outside of San Francisco and he hits me up he's like hey are you going to be here anytime soon and I'm like as a matter of fact yeah and like two hours later I was having coffee with him out, you know, in his backyard that's awesome we're not coffee ginger whatever it was but we sat and had um, we met up and got to catch up and he had actually just gone through he'd had COVID um you know, and anyway, so that was that was that I did the, the that and um, but to answer your question, man, you know, some of those character defects that I still blame on my disease. When I when I do that, I'm not allowing myself to get over those things. I'm not allowing myself to grow from that. Um, Cause I like to sit in my shit. Like I like, you know, you know, anybody, anybody who's, um, simple acknowledgement isn't mm, enough. No, I'm, I'm a big all. advocate that mm. like I get to go throughout my life being a jerk because at least I know I'm being a jerk. Right. That's right. not how life works. <laughs> but, but I've accepted that I'm a jerk. Yeah. You know, acceptance is the yeah, people, a, people know that uh, to uh, expect uh, that from uh, me uh, now. Well, what do you think I'm going to do? I'm a jerk. You know this. Yeah, Rawr, exactly. Um, <laughs> that's another story. Um, but yeah, that's a, you know, so there's, there's, there is a lot of that, and and you know I'm I'm gonna be doing you know I'm gonna be doing a lot more thinking on this, and I'm I'm really grateful. You know I got to the point where I got to Las Vegas, right? And as as you know, and and other people know, um, you know I had planned to stay out on the road until about uh, uh, until right before Re- Recovery Fest, which is September 12th. You know my my idea was to get back on like September 10th. Um, but I was in Vegas and I, I, I kept extending, um, cause I was very comfortable. I had a very comfortable room, right? Um, I do not gamble. Um, I, I, I did one when I was there. I'm like, Oh, let me just go play for a little one bit. Slot. I went to the two slot machines. I lost 30 bucks in less than five minutes. I say 10, but it was probably closer to five minutes and I lost 30 bucks and I'm like, yeah, I know where this is going. I'm going to stop doing that now, especially since so many people have been contributing on the way. I'm like, I'm not going to freaking gamble away money. Gamble with their money. Yeah. You know, I was like, what a dick. Um, but I had a really, really comfortable room and it was very inexpensive. And I'm like, I just sat there and I did some reading. I ca- That was where I definitely that did feels some like a time. victory lap. Well, like, well, like yeah. I'm getting, I'm getting done with my trip. Yep. This is my victory yeah. lap that I put myself through all this. You and, know what I'm saying? And at that point I had, like I thought two more weeks left so or two, like three more weeks left and I, I said um, you know I was looking at what was going on in the world and my next stop was going to be uh, uh, I think 
you wanted to go to Colorado. Colorado Springs, I think. Yeah, so I was I was heading up through Utah to Colorado, and I'm looking at you know what's going on in there, and I'm like, oh my gosh, there are fires all through Colorado, and I'm like. And I'm looking at my bank account. I'm like, oh, look at that. It turns out I don't have as much money as I thought. $50 a day for the whole trip. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah, no, it's more like $100 a day. But, you know, so I'm Bang looking it. at this, that. Yeah, right. I'm looking at the food. You know, I mean, the, the money, excuse me, that, I, that I've been paying on. I'm hungry. Um, I'm looking at that. And I'm looking, I'm just thinking, I'm tired of being on the road. You know, I've done a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, I, 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 I'm, 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 I'm satisfied with where I've gone now. And I think, you know, there's a point where you can be overstimulated to the point where nothing is actually going to you know, connect with me. It's kind of, for me, I feel like it's, it's very analogous to, to, to um, when you get to that point where you've just done so many drugs that at that point there's no getting higher. Mm-hmm. You're just gilding the lily as it were you know mm-hmm. you're, you're you're really not doing anything and i'm like i'm like i'm not going to be and that i'm like i'm not going to be able to actually get anything out of this i'm sick of being on the, not sick of being on the road but i'm i'm just tired you know i knew i didn't have a place to go yeah i knew there were a lot of things i had to do once i got to richmond so i said you know what i'm cutting this short you know i'm not going to go to colorado because of the the fires and the money and i'm like i'm just i'm going to go home everything after colorado was north so for me to go up north would have been a really big giant and i'm like yeah i'm gonna get back to richmond and i'm really grateful for that because you know as as you all know or maybe you don't but in virginia there you know we're in the middle of our um our special session which started august 18th and and i was kind of bummed about missing the beginning of that but the extension of the of the session has been tremendous so uh, i've actually been able to jump in to some conversations and to start formulating um because some good things are happening in virginia right now but to start formulating ideas and plans for the next session in 2021 which I'm really excited about. So in many, many ways, I'm really happy I got back because now I'm, I'm able to participate more in, in the electoral process. And, and of course, we have you know, the, the general election coming up in November. You get to not only advocate, but also vote, right? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, 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 yeah. I do get to vote. That's exciting. Um, yeah, so <laughs> I did get my- I think that's cool. Yeah. Like, I, I think it's pretty cool for someone who's been so involved in it that you finally get to, like, be on both sides of it a little bit. Yeah. Like, you get to actually, like, I don't know, like, of course you fight for what you believe in and advocate, but now you can actually, like, be a you can vote for it too. Well, so, so to give you some history, right? Um, in in two thousand, the two thousand elections. Now, if you if you remember your history, that's when that's Gore uh, Bush versus Gore, right? Um, and you know how that election turned out. We didn't have a, a an answer on election night, right? Or we thought we did, then we didn't. Blah 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 blah. And it ended up getting you know to the Supreme Court, and it didn't get really fixed until the middle of December. We didn't know who was going to be the president next, and you know the hanging chads in Florida and yada yada. And I know you're too young. I know you're young, but in 2000, I was working for the National Gay and Lesbian Task Force, and I was actually at a conference in Atlanta during the election. And we had done get out the vote work. I've been on the phones and having our volunteer, I ran the volunteer program at the volunteers in and doing this and this and this and the calls and the signs and the, you know, cause I'm in DC and you know, yada, yada. And in 2000, you know, I'm, I'm with 2,500 queer activists in Atlanta and we see the results. And at the end of the night, you know, we're thinking Gore won. So everybody's like, yeah, oh my gosh. And we did it. Yeah. And, and you know, if, if, 
going back into the primaries of 2000, Howard Dean was uh, a big contender at the time until he did his famous Iowa. Yeah, you know, in Iowa. And but the, what makes Howard Dean so important about that was he had been the governor of Vermont, and in Vermont, the year before it was either 99 or 2000. The Supreme Court or the su Superior Court of Vermont, whatever it is, their, their top court, they had handed down a verdict that said that um, although they didn't have to make it marriage, they had to have something equal to marriage for gay and lesbian people. So the, uh, what became law in Vermont was this uh, civil union thing. Now, there was uh, uh, other types of unions all throughout the country, but this was comprehensive and was a model for a separate but equal state that we thought we were going towards. And it was a, it was a pretty, pretty revolutionary at the time. It was a big deal, and you know Howard Dean was a champion of this, and we thought you know he might. So anyway, the Democrats were on board with the civil unions thing, and 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 it was a big deal. You got twenty five hundred queer activists, who. By the way, they put us in a hotel with the Marine Corps ball at the same time, which was really funny. Made for some interesting um, elevator rides. Dialogue. Yeah, right. <laughs> very, very uncomfortable women and very uncomfortable guys. Um, but it was uh, it was a big letdown. You know, the next morning we got up in the and and so, you know, the lessons from that is that you know. Obviously, voting matters, and obviously, getting out the vote matters. And so, in 2016, um, I got arrested. My first arrest. Um, I got arrested uh, October 31st. I got on Halloween, and uh, you know, I was able to vote that year for for the uh, president, and you know, all, all the down ballot uh, votes, but. Um, I had my rights taken away because I became a felon in 2017. So going forward with that, you know, I had to do my time uh, as far as my, you know, the things that happened to me and my story is long and convoluted and boring, but suffice to say, I got off of probation in April, which is part of the reason why this trip happened when it did, excuse me. And why, you know, I was keen to take it now. And when I got off probation, one of the first things I, I did was make sure that I, I you know, uh, uh, applied for restoration of my rights. So, yeah, I get to vote. Um, I'm, I'm able to sit on a jury now. And, and I don't think this is going to happen anytime soon, but who knows? I'm able to run for office. Oh yeah. Maybe I'll be the mosquito killer or the or the dog catcher or something. King flies water. <laughs> King yeah, no, don't 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 look to me to, to run for any elected office anytime soon. Um, but it gives me more freedom, you know. Um, I don't have my, you know, what, some things, you know, lessons learned through this whole process. I had no idea, you know, that my 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 rights would be taken away. You know, Virginia's got some of the most backwards ass laws when it comes to how we treat, you know. Um, convicted felons and how, you know, we, you pay, you do your time, you know, you should be able to be done. You know, you do the crime, you do your time, and you're done, right? And that's just not the way it is in Virginia. So, you know, learning through this process are some things that, you know, I, I, I had thought were so important mm -hmm. and just they were there, there. And it turns out, you know, there's always more work to be done. And guess what? I have a personal connection. And guess what? I'm a loud mother. Mm, and I want to talk about this mm -hmm. stuff. Like, it's absolutely insane that a person with, and, and you know, my felony is my, you know, I, we could talk about degrees of felonies, yada yada. I believe that all felons should have their rights restored automatically when they get out, yada yada. You know, the reality is, I'm a felon because I have the disease of addiction. You know, hand, period, end stop, full stop, boom. You know, I I am a felon because I was caught with drugs on me. I have a possession charge, um, I have a possession conviction. That's it, hands down. That's it. Now, did I do any of the things that might have been felonious? 
Absolutely. You know, am I going to complain about? Oh, yeah. Actually, I am going to complain about that. Stuff no, but do do people commit larceny because of their substance right, use disorder right. at the same time? Yeah. I mean, sure, it's not possession, but it yeah. is to sate their substance use disorder. You, you know yeah, what I'm and, saying? And and yeah. you know, I I, I don't want to say anything that, that that's such a blurry line to be had, <laughs> but it's more just a conversation at the end of the day. Um, it is, and and more and more people, and I mean people. So in the power. line's got to be moved yeah. a little bit at least. Yeah. Well, and and more and more people, like you know, we I've heard, I've heard talk, you know, but but like you know, we've heard more and more people that our policymakers, you know, our, our our legislators, you know, who are making the distinction, who understand the subtle differences between you know somebody who's just you know why what what is the motivating factor behind what they're doing you know sure. are they caught in the grips of a disease you know and and even I go back to a conversation we had I, I don't know if you were with me or not but um, you know we had with the um, um, the prosecutor the Commonwealth attorney in Richmond City uh, Colette McKeachin. And I remember distinctly the conversation with her because at the very end, you know, I, you know, I, I asked some questions and I always ask the gratitude thing, but I always, I, I, she asked if she could ask me a question. I said, well, of course. And she asked me that would I have stopped using if I hadn't been arrested? And 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 I, I that has been on my mind, you know, for a long time. I and mean, I was always thinking that before her asking that, but when she asked that, you know, I. I you know, it made me realize. I'm mean, like, you know, she's 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 a she's a, a Democrat, more inclined to vote in ways that I think are more, you know, personally, my personal opinions, not necessarily that represent McShane, blah blah blah, um, because I do vote. You know, I vote recovery. Um, we talked about that, Johnny, yesterday. You know, I vote recovery, but at the same time, you know, here we have this 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 black female Democratic prosecutor. You know, whose husband is a U.S. congressman, you know, in Washington, who represents the fourth, uh, I believe the fourth district here in Virginia, who has knowledge of all these things. You know, it's not like she's, you know, a moron. She's extremely talented, you know, smart, you know, thoughtful person. And she's asking me this question, like, you know, it's not that black and white. No. You know, it's like, I, I don't know. I can't answer that question because there was not another option presented. That's what exactly what I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking is it's like, I don't know, uh, would you have liked steak if it, yeah, if right, it was forced right. in your mouth it was it was like no but if someone was like hey maybe you should try out this steak before i just shove it in your mouth right you know what i'm saying like that that's how i think about it is 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 you know maybe if i was busted and then um redirected to a mental health care right. um solution a, a certified peer recovery specialist instead of a co in in henrico jail maybe right. it'd be a different story but i don't know because i didn't get that option well and i'm really grateful she asked the question and i think she you know i answered it similar to what you're saying i mean i'm like i don't know because i didn't have another option and the fact that she asked that she listened and she didn't talk back at it sure you know i think that was a good first step and it's like okay good there's a conversation like i know she's been you know and and it goes to you know the stuff that John talks about you know that uh, that that USA flip that Portugal model which I'm huge fan of, right? You know, let's let's funnel the money into proven solutions. You know, authentic peer recovery support services, treatment, recovery. You know, boom, treatment, recovery, treatment, recovery, treatment, recovery. Let's just talk it all damn day and not put people in jail because of a disease, right? And 
there, there, we can see it. We can see that it works. You know, we just have to continue to show that it works. You know, um, we who are living it. You know, you, me, our listeners, mostly. You know, Todd. You know, we are living it because we're living proof that recovery works right mm-hmm. here. And if we can do more of what we do, you know, and stop people going into that, you know, I'll get in. I'll go on a soapbox with that industrial prison complex. You know, you know, if we can get more people into recovery, you know, we're gonna save. If you want to be crass about it, we're going to save money over the long term, but we're going to save lives. We're going to create lives that are worth living. We're going to put people back with their families. We're going to help get these communities back together. We're going to see, you know, we're going to just see progress and progress instead of putting and destroying lives with, with bogus BS. Um, you know, and I, I feel... I feel I, as I even told Colette, I said, I'm really grateful that I've gone through that experience. You know, and 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 I'm grateful that I went through that experience because, you know, I, I, I wouldn't have known really what any of that was about, you know. I know plenty of people who have done the drugs that I've done, you know, um, who are, you know, living lives that I would have dreamed, you know, I, I you know, who uh, are doing amazing, incredible things that are, that, that, did things with me, you know, so I'm like, and, and part of my, part of me is like, well, that's not fair, you know, and it's not fair. And the reality is, I mean, the reality is it's not fair, but part of it is it's not fair because I know the, re- I know the dark side of this, mm-hmm. you know, and I know there isn't a better way of living. I know there's another way to do this. And, and, and so it's not fair because they're still stuck in the grips of that illness, even though they're doing cool things with their lives. And I'm finding that other way and I'm helping other people to see that too. So it's not fair. No, but I'm, <laughs> you know? I'm, I'm pretty, pretty, at, um, I believe that it is not our knowledge that shapes us as much as our experiences. Yeah. Anytime that I've ever disagreed with someone, it's because of some sort of history that they have to think the way that they think. You know what I'm saying? It's not like I get all this information and that makes sense to me. People are usually very rooted about divisive things because of something that happened to them or something close to them, especially in something like this. Um, And, you know, and I was communicating with a person in jail about this. I was like, why do you believe that at all? And he told me his history with what we were talking about. And I was like, I strongly 100% disagree with you. But at least now I know why you think the way that you think. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And again, that's just dialogue, which is you know yeah. part of the process. Well, it's, yeah, our, our our experiences shape our reality, and you know we talk about early childhood trauma. Uh, hey, hey, Ben. Um, ben, you're the man. We talk about you know we talk about early. What 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 is it called? Uh, what is it? ACE? It stands for something. Uh, ACE. Uh, childhood experiences. Um, um, Accentuated. Anyway, yeah, I don't this, know. This, uh. this, this, the whole. This is a subject. Like I'm, I'm, I'm becoming more and more fascinated by early childhood, by childhood trauma that informs adults and and where we are. Because I think, you know, I I, I look back and and you know in recovery, like I forget, I've I've you know pushed so many things down for so long, and things bubble up. What I'm learning through the process is that, you know, the people that may have hurt me too, you know, got hurt as well. Sure. So it, it, it aids in my forgiveness of them. You know, it's like, why am I carrying this burden of hate towards you or this burden of anger? You know, because it, 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 you're carrying it too. It's like, we, we could just drop that. I could just put it down. You know, you're not hurting me anymore. You know, I don't, I don't have to. And, and in fact, if I continue to think about it and let that inform my present, well, then I'm just letting you hurt me more, even though you don't give a crap, you know, you don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find that, you know, 
I find, I, I know you, you're, you're a recovery coach. I'm a recovery coach here. You know, I, I, people tell me all kinds of things. You know, people tell me all kinds of things about their lives and experiences. And of course, I'm not a licensed therapist. I'm not a, I'm a, I'm a guy who's gone through some things in his life, you know, and I found recovery and, and recovery seems to work for me in my life and, and things can be a lot better for me in my life. You know, I'm a person, I have ups and downs and stuff like that. But in the, on the whole, you know, life is freaking amazing. And I never thought I would have any, anything like this in recovery, especially when I got arrested, when I hit that, that point, you know, I, I never thought that, that, that I would be, you know, literally, you know, know, calling up uh, delegates and senators, you know, state senators, um, you know, and talking to people, you know, on the regular. You know, I never thought in a million years, like, I'm sitting here looking at the people who are talking to me right now, and I know, I know, you know, you know, Ben is this incredible person I live with, and he's, he's incredible. He's, ben, you're a role model to me in a lot of ways, and you probably don't For even sure. see that. You know, I tell you that all the time, and I don't think you necessarily believe it when I tell you that, but you really are, man. I love you to bet that. Robert, man, Robert right there, man, he comes in and shows up, and he wants to continue to help people because, you know, he experienced a really horrible loss in his life and to make up you know to, to balance that out and so I don't know Robert I won't speak for you but I just love that you keep coming and I'm glad you invited me out to lunch and of course I'll have lunch with you Johnny Fab I don't think I've actually met in person but I know you know what you know you're doing and what I do you know uh, together you know yesterday my sister Chris you know all these people right here I mean, we come together to try to fix and live in the solution right you know it's not always going to be easy, and I don't know where I was going off on that. It's not always going to be pretty. <laughs> it's not always going to be pretty, um, but but you know this this last several weeks on the road, man, really really helped um, focus my sense of purpose. You know. Um, and COVID has too, man. I got to tell you, one of the blessings of this whole freaking pandemic is that I have been able to very easily just push negativity out of my life that I just don't need. Mm -hmm. You know, some people, you know, unfriend. I've been using more of the unfollow button, but unfriend, unfriend, unfriend. I'm like, I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't need to hear this. I don't need to see this. And you know, it turns out I don't care about this or that or the other, you know, and, and not, not that I'm closed minded. It's just, you know, I only have so much time in my day and I, I want to focus on where I can do the most good, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I, I find it here in this place in the McShin Recovery Resource Foundation. I, I love this, but I, I love the opportunities. I love the voice that I'm, 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 I have now. I love the voices of the people I work with. Um, I love being empowered to have a greater voice and, and I have love being empowered to disagree too. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I disagree with my bosses occasionally, sometimes ridiculously, uh, uh, loudly, you know, but most of the time, you know, I, I, it doesn't happen most all the time. I know exactly where the people I work with are going, you know, at least, you know, I know that the people I work with are focused on making a difference in the lives of the people who come here. And that's why I'm so proud to be here all the time. I'm so proud to work here and live in our housing and to meet people like Ben and, and Robert and you and Todd, Todd over there. And uh, uh, my ear just thing came out. No, we're all um, on the same team. So, it's just a matter of like, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, any, anyone pro recovery is on the same team. We just made different different ways <laughs> that we want to approach the solution. Or we might all disagree on what the problem is, but I think a lot of times the problem is um, well, gonna, is so much bigger yeah. than us that it's hard defining it from different angles sometimes yeah. because we're all yeah. looking at it from a different lens and perspective. What, well, and what's neat about and you know I I I, I obviously I'm a huge you know f proponent of the authentic peer recovery support services model. 
because we have a keen understanding of the problem, mm-hmm. you know, and even if we aren't sure where the priority of the problem is and the solution, really, you know, it's like it, it's not a... The, well, first of all, the idea that one size fits all is a bunch of bogus bullshit, and so we know that. Absolutely. But also being able to um, recognize that it's not just about you know, stopping the use of drugs and alcohol. Like, we got to fix everything else. we got to hold each other accountable. we got to stop the other behavior that's associated with the using and the, the lying, the cheating, the stealing, you know, all the things. I, I joke about that because it's in the literature, but... And get into the solution, which for me, you know, is is compassion, honesty. You know, the, we talk about spiritual principles in twelve step fellowships. You know, in 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 the Buddhist fellowship that I that I also do, we talk about forgiveness and kindness towards other, loving kindness. You know, and breathing. You know, I got I can't tell you how many times while I was driving down the road and I'm going, oh my gosh, I'm in peace. You know, I'm useless and this is horrible. I'm just like three deep breaths for me, and it was like okay. I'm calm, you know, um, and and loving myself, finding a purpose, finding love for myself, um, so that I can better love other people. You know, being compassionate, being in service, without being a doormat. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a danger too for me, um, person like me who's a people pleaser. You know, I, I can be a doormat. Um, so, so, so recovery for me is is, is a beautiful process, um, and this trip just was such a such a me- driving is such a metaphor for recovery. <laughs> yeah, man, <laughs> driving it's is perfect. such a metaphor. Yeah, um, because as much as I joked about, you know, turns out I don't like to drive. Ha ha ha. You know, I do. I mean, I loved the visiting. I do like the driving. I like the sightseeing and whatnot. It's just like recovery to, for me. It's like, of course, I love the recovery process because you know, I'm I'm not that. I don't have this, the constant validation that my disease wants that I'm a worthless piece of because shit. Because the pit stops yeah. and the fun things you, yeah. you do on the journey are, are, you know, the ups and the driving is the going to work. You know what I'm yeah, saying? That's right. how I, I see it is like is doing the things that we have to, getting yeah. the oil change, is the brushing your teeth and making your bed. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's do all maintenance. Do what's right in front of me. You yeah. know, drive what's right in front of me. I keep worrying about the corner. For me, you know, going around those mountains, it was always like, oh, my gosh, that's a really tight corner. And, and it's funny. I mean, like you can be going downhill and turning at the same time and not seeing what's there. And I'm like, I'll be terrified. I'm like, faith. No, no, no. just follow the frick. Well, yeah, faith, but also just follow the freaking roadmap. It's right there. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a line on one side. There's a line on the other. It's like, I can do this if I just do the right thing in front of me, the next right thing in front of me, mm-hmm. and just continue along that path. I'll be fine. I don't have to worry about what's around that mountain over there. So, yeah, a lot of that. And and. The, the metaphor continues with the speeding. I, you know, I want all this recovery, and I want this recovery now. You know, I want to be all done. Rah! You know, I want the, I want the relationship. I want the apartment. I want the car. I want the job, and I want everything now. I want it yesterday. You know, I, I've got 30 days clean. Um, but the reality is, is just like when I try to speed. You know, when I'm driving, I'm probably going to get pulled over and get a ticket. <laughs> So I'm rambling, and I've had a lot of caffeine and energy drinks today oh, I'm myself. Done. So, but um, what are you grateful for, Nathan? Man, I, I'm I'm grateful that I can come back. Um, I'm grateful that I can come back and and bring that experience with me. And I'm grateful that that experience is 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 uh, is, is is continuing in my recovery. Is building my recovery. You know, I'm I'm grateful that my recovery continues to grow. Yeah. Todd, what are you grateful for, man? Grateful for the metaphors. Metaphors are always good. It metaphors helps, are tight. It helps put things in perspective. So, 
<clears throat> I completely agree. I'm grateful you're back, buddy. Yeah. This is so fun to just like chop it up for an hour. Try just with microphones ramp, in front of us. Ramp. I know, right? It's beautiful. <laughs> um, I'm grateful for this place. I'm grateful for yeah. another another day clean. I'm grateful to have so many cool things that I do in my life that don't have any sort of like ulterior motive or like substance attached oh. to it like just doing cool stuff for the sake of cool stuff is yeah. like super cool to me yeah like just doing things because i want to instead of like oh because i need to gain this or or because i want to make you know what i'm saying just like lack of ulterior motives um, or or being very upfront about why i'm doing something um yeah so yeah i'm just really grateful for that I'm grateful to have you on, buddy. Yeah. I'm grateful. I'm grateful to do this, dude. Oh, yeah. I missed you, man. Yeah, I missed you too. I do. I'll tell you, man. Um, in, in many ways, I'm glad that you didn't come with me, mm-hmm. because you know, forcing myself to do that, you know, and to, it was a deep dive that I may not have done as much of with you around. However, you know, I talked about possibly going to Florida in the fall or winter. You know, I've talked about other trips and I definitely think you'd be an excellent uh, road, uh, uh, road, uh, uh, roadie, What's the word? I'm get in the herd. Get dog? on the road. Yeah. Get on the road. Well, like that, you know, get, get in the herd. Get on the <laughs> um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and for everybody, I get to, I don't know how many people are actually still watching right now, but for everybody who participated and put, actually put music on my playlist, you never did, Brett. But everybody. My well, I texted did. you axioms and jokes. You did. I'm just fucking with you. Oh, sorry. Sorry, messing with you. Um, <laughs> Todd's shaking his head. Got to go back and scrub that. This is this is a tough one to get used to. You know. That's all right. He's gonna cut all this out. Yeah, yeah. We, we've, <laughs> I, I, we've, I'm, I'm, I'm in danger of bloviating here. Um, but uh, uh, the, the playlist was really awesome. I'm, I'm glad for everybody who contributed music uh, to that playlist. Um, of course, everybody who contributed um, housing, food, financially, um, I'm really grateful for. And of course, I'm really incredibly grateful for all of those who, you know, just the calls, the, the texts, the, um, you know, Ben. Ben and I texted a lot too. I sent him a lot of pictures. Um, you know, back and forth, and and I I'm really grateful for that. So, and of course, Todd, man, I talk to Todd a lot too. So, yeah. Anyway, boom. Okay, boom. you want to close this out? I'm Bam. Sorry. It's your job now. I love you, Nathan. I hey, love you, oh. Todd. All right. Well, I'm gonna shut the heck up and let you close out. Love you. Bye. This has been getting the herd. <laughs> Get out there. Thanks, Todd. Thanks, Nathan. I love you all. Have a wonderful afternoon. On the road. 